Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, Gil Gross here. Post-match, Casper Ruud versus Liam Brody. Wimbledon 2023, second round. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in three, two, one. The biggest win of Liam Brody's career. He takes out the number four seed at Wimbledon on center court. The man from the UK. What a moment. Uh, 29 years old. Most of his career being played challenger level. Not a lot of fans. Not a lot of money. Not always a glamorous life. To see him get this moment in the sun was awesome. And he seems like a great guy. I'm so happy for Liam Brody. From a tennis standpoint, incredible performance where it felt like he, and, and part of this was not his own tactics, but just his play style and the way he produces his shots. It seemed like he was a perfect antidote or a, a perfect Kasparud grass court taker advantage of her. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the rude forehand to start. And we're talking about the rude forehand in the context of how Brody brought the worst out of the rude forehand. Because in the first round, when Casper Rude played uh, Laurent Lockley, Laurent Lockley, I, I believe, uh, would be the good pronunciation. I'm terrible at French names. They're my weakness. Uh, I was impressed with Casper's forehand. The key for Rude on grass is three things. Flatter, straighter, and faster. Those are the three keys for the forehand on grass. Let me put it in other words. Uh, less spin, less shape, and not as slow, right? And that's because of how grass uh, handles topspin. Instead of it enhancing the quality of the ball, topspin on grass, instead the ball just kind of checks up and sits up, especially on the center court grass, which, uh, which tends to be uh, sometimes a little bit slower and deader than the outer court grass. So if Casper's hitting heavy topspin and the ball is not going fast, that is not a good forehand. But against Lockley, I, I thought he was playing really loose, uh, loose in the shoulders, loose in the arm, really letting his forehand go and letting it fly. And he hit a lot of forehands that were really big and really damaging and very, very high in the miles per hour category. And I started to think, hmm, maybe Casper will take advantage of this draw. Maybe he'll actually make a run here at Wimbledon uh, because he doesn't have any 
on paper, super dangerous opponents uh, on his path, especially after day one when both Bautista Agut and Chorich lost. But it turned out that Liam Brody was able to create and earn the bad qualities of Kasparud's forehand because of contact point. Contact point is the key here. Brody's backhand cross court in particular, it was such a menace in this match. It absolutely destroyed Rude and not in the traditional sense that, that you might, you know, think of shots destroying opponents. Not that he kept hitting backhand winners and forcing errors. Not that he would hit the backhand so hard that Rude would not be able to return it. No. What it did was it generated attackable rally balls. It generated attackable rally balls because from a low contact point and Rude's western grip on the forehand, he cannot hit the ball flat, straight, and fast. And instead, he hits it spinny, loopy, and slow. And once you earn that spinny, loopy, slow ball on grass, once you get that attackable rally ball on this surface, you can take advantage with, you know, you, you take control, you get your aggressive strike in, and in the case of Liam Brody, you come forward. And he did a great job of, of coming to net off of... Uh, the shorter or, or more attackable weak incoming balls that Rude was offering up uh, off of the Brody backhand cross court to the Rude forehand. And it goes without saying, but not only do you get the benefit of earning attackable rally balls, but you get attacked less if you're able to keep the Rude forehand low. There are some forehands, they, uh, they are less affected by the low contact point, and they are able to still hit the ball on a line through the court a little bit flatter, but I think Rude's grip makes it harder for him to do it. So he kind of needs that higher contact point in order to flatten the ball out and hit it straighter with less shape. All right? Now, let's talk about the other baseline pattern. Let's talk about the other cross court. What about Brody's forehand cross court to Rude's backhand? Well, Rude's backhand, it doesn't matter what the contact point is. It's never going to be all that fast in the miles per hour category. It's usually going to have a lot, a lot of topspin, maybe too much for grass to really be effective. And it's not going to be as damaging. Uh, so you have Casper Rude really losing both of those cross courts. There is only one pattern that was good for Rude from the baseline. One favorable pattern. And that was the Brody cross-court forehand to the Rude runaround forehand, which happened sometimes. And when that happened, that was the money pattern for Casper. But he had to, he had to find that. And it was a little bit difficult for him. Uh, but whenever it was Brody forehand or Rude backhand, advantage Liam. When it, when it was Brody backhand or Rude forehand, advantage Liam. And that really had the baseline patterns on lock. Now, Rude's backhand, I do want to say, because he recognizes that the topspin backhand doesn't really, it's not really effective on grass, he slices a lot. So let me address that. Casper, Casper's slice just doesn't really stay low enough. It, it, it's just, there's too much air under it oftentimes. 
and it doesn't bite down short and low in the court. So I don't really feel like it's a solution for him at this time. And it's the same problem when Rude hits a bad slice. It's just another attackable trade. It's, a, it's an attackable rally ball. And on grass, you just don't want to be attacked. Rude's defense is just not going to be as problematic as it is on clay. Even in the second and the third set, which Rude are, you know, the two sets that Rude won, I still don't think that it was really anything Casper was doing in neutral baseline rallies to solve these problems. I thought it was mostly Casper serving, which is excellent. Underrated how good his first serve is, probably because his results have been clay-centric enough that he's been typecasted as a non-big server, but that's wrong. He is a big server and uh, the serve was actually setting up the more attackable forehands, right? Time, high contact point on the forehand, boom, Casper's golden. Even on the grass, his forehand is still going to be a huge weapon. It's the height that was killing him. I will also give Brody credit for his performance in other areas. Uh, his scrambling was awesome. His movement was very impressive. Great slice defense in particular. And when Rude was coming forward, I thought he was oftentimes presented with very difficult volleys. There's a disparity here in net points one percentage. Uh, Rude was at 66% and Brody was at 72%. Casper was at net 47 times, but he was 31 for 47, which is okay. 66% is okay uh, for net points one. Remember, you should win a vast majority of net points because you know, you're in an offensive position unless you were drop-shotted and then then you shouldn't win a majority of them. Uh, but, but Brody at 72% had the advantage. And I'm going to also bring it back to Brody's net play. I think he does a good job of covering up his weakness by coming forward because Liam, he lacks power in that forehand. And I think that's been the biggest reason why he hasn't been a better pro is you just don't have that natural elasticity on his forehand. The stroke looks a little bit stiff, and he also maybe doesn't have that natural strength. So ultimately, the forehand is, is underpowered. It, it's not as big as he would want it to be. But a, a great way to make up for that is to take time away. Be aggressive with your footwork, step inside the court, take time away, and then come in. And suddenly... You don't need to hit your forehand 90 miles per hour or even 85 or 80 miles per hour in order to get the job done. You can take time away, hit a 70 mile per hour forehand, put it in a good spot as long as you set up the point well. And Brody was setting up the points well because of the cross-court patterns that I mentioned. Uh, and, and then you can finish at net. And, and that was huge for him. Um, another thing that I thought was important was he built such a big lead in the, lead in the fifth set that nerves didn't come into play. Because I feel like Brody's forehand is susceptible to breaking down because of nerves, but the fourth set wasn't tight and the fifth set wasn't tight either. So I thought that Liam dodged a bullet there because of his great play early on in those sets to build big leads and to not really let the either set get to a point where the, the tension was at its highest for Casper. I actually thought the, the most disappointing parts of the performance was just a couple of real lapses in focus where his execution fell off a cliff. 
midway through the first set when Rude had actually a lead, he got the first break of the match. He double faulted three times in a service game. Also kind of started to spray forehands suddenly and, and make bad shot selection decisions on his forehand. And, and he handed Brody the first set in a way that, that seemed pretty, pretty generous. A lot of donations there from Casper. Just a, a weird lapse in focus after going up. And then the second one was at the start of the fourth set. And this is where Casper had all the momentum. He had just won the, the second set and the third set. Start of the fourth set was horrible stuff from Rude. I would look to those two moments where Casper was actually at his worst. The start of the fifth set was actually, you know, three close games. And Brody just happened to win all three with a lot of really great clutch tennis. Uh, fantastic level f from Liam. Uh, believe it or not, it wasn't the fifth set where I thought Casper was at his worst. Uh, until the end, of course, once Rude was down for love, two breaks, there was uh, definitely a, a deflation there emotionally. And, and Brody kept his foot on the gas. He knew he had to keep his foot on the gas because of, you know, his stature as a major underdog in that spot. He wasn't going to get comfortable. So big win for Brody. And now Denis Shapovalov is the lone seed in that quarter. That's it. Just Dennis, who Brody plays next. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.